you have your Bible or your electronic device, lift it above your head and repeat after me. Somebody shout, this is my Bible. This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I am what it says I am. I can do. I can do. What it says I can do. What it says I can do. I am a believer. I am a believer. And not a doubter. And not a doubter. A doer. A doer. And not just a hearer. And not just a hearer. And my life. And my life. Come on, again. And my life. And my life. One more time. And my life. And my life. Is the better. Is the better. After hearing. After hearing. Obeying. Obeying. And applying. And applying. A word from the Lord. From the Lord. Book of Genesis, chapter number two, starting at verses number seven. The Bible declares Then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living being. Now the Lord God had planted a garden in the east in Eden, and there he put the man he had formed. Let's jump down to verses number 16. And the Lord God commanded the man, You are free to eat from any tree in the garden. But you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat from it, you will certainly die. 18 declares, the Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. Now the Lord God had formed out of the ground all the wild animals and all the birds in the sky. He brought them to the man to see what he would name them. And whatever the man called each living creature, that was its name. So the man gave names to all the livestock, the birds in the sky, and the wild animals. But for Adam, no suitable helper was found. Amen. Let's do it. Father, now in Jesus' name, I want to thank you once again for this opportunity to share the word of God with the people of God. Lord, it really is not about us today, but it's about what you want to communicate to people that you love. And I am always very careful in what I say and how I say anything to people that you love father so i'm asking you on both of our behalves let the words of our mouths the meditations of our heart let them be acceptable in your sight bless your people on today as we both hide ourselves now behind the cross that men may not give honor glory to greg and irene but all honor and all glory goes to you and it is in Jesus' mighty name again and everybody says amen Amen. So again, we're beginning, we're um, continuing this series that we've been in for the past couple of weeks, um, A Party of One, Embracing God's Heart for Singleness. And I want to just extrapolate a thought out of 1 Corinthians 7.25, which kind of highlights the heart of what we're going to be in, diving into on today. Uh, Paul writes to the church that he planted, that he cultivated, and he has a special message that he's ministering primarily to singles in 1 Corinthians 7.25. And this is his heart. He says, now regarding your question about young men who, excuse me, young women who are not yet married, speaking of singles, I do not have a command from the Lord for them. In essence, he says, I don't have a thus says the Lord. But he goes on to say, but the Lord in his mercy has given me wisdom that can be trusted and I will share it with you. And that's the heart um, that my wife is going to approach this message with on today. I don't necessarily have a command of thus says the Lord concerning singleness, but I do have some wisdom. If we were sitting down together in one of my favorite places, Texas Roadhouse. Yeah. Eating that cinnamon butter bread. You can have the bread. I'm going to wait on that salad with my chicken strips, buffalo, mm -hmm. with blue cheese dip on the side. 
and we were just having a conversation about singleness, it would be four things that I would like to share with you on today. Number one, I'm good, Tim. Number one, I challenge you to deepen your relationship with the Lord. Everybody shout, go deeper. Go deeper. Now, in saying deepen in your relationship with the Lord, I have to be careful um, with that statement because sometimes that, that means people get a little spooky on me. And sometimes they do a little, you know, some strange things. But I'm, I'm going to, first of all, give you the why behind this thought of deepening your relationship. And then I want to give you just one practical approach. Here's the why. If you're taking notes, jot this down. The strength of your future commitments will be largely predicated on the current consistencies of your spiritual discipline. The strength of your future commitments will be largely predicated on the current consistencies of your spiritual disciplines. Let, let me say it plainly. So I really do love this woman, and I remember her marching down the aisle, and, and we actually kind of fuss about that now because she told me about a year or two later when she was walking down the aisle, her father looked at her and said, you sure you want to do this? The old <laughs> man did me like that, y'all. But I remember her going down the aisle, tears streaming down her eyes, and she's crying, and I'm feeling these, these emotions on the inside, and I'm looking at her, thinking to myself, I'm going to be with this woman for the rest of my life. Y'all, any, any married folk remember that? Y'all, we got mm -hmm. two. Jesus. Mm -hmm. So, so we're going to talk about marriage as soon as we're done with this, right? <laughs> okay, all right, okay. Any married folk in here remember when you used to be in love? <laughs> I mean, we still in love. But here it is, man. Uh, there are times, I love her, but there are times she get on my nerves. <laughs> oh, y'all going to clap now. <laughs> there are times when I'm like, God, are you sure? Come on. And in those times, watch this, my, my commitment to her, my, my consistency in loving her and treating her like the woman of God that she is, can't be based on fleeting emotions because what's the old saying? Sometimes I feel like a nut. Sometimes I don't. Sometimes I don't. So there are times when I really feel the, 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 the emotions of love there, but then sometimes it's not there. So in essence, she gets the overflow of my commitment with God. And so I'm speaking to singles, whether you're pursuing a marriage one day or if you're one of those individuals where you're saying, you know what, marriage is not for me. I'm going to be a single man, single woman for the rest of my life. And I'm okay with that. And that is, everybody shout, and that's okay. And that's okay. But even in that situation, God may not send you a wife or a husband, but he's going to always align someone in your life that's going to be a destiny connection. And I'm challenging you as well, the strength of that commitment as well. It could be a business partnership. It could be just a, a great friendship, a mutual friendship that, in, that you encourage one another. The strength of that commitment as well is going to be based on your, your current disciplines when it comes to God. And if you don't have a deeper relationship, you won't be able to properly navigate through some of the uh, uh, trials and tribulations that all relationships bring. Does that make sense, y'all? Good. So... Um, here's the, the, the practical side. Matter of fact, let me go to this scripture first. In Genesis 2 and 7, um, the Bible declares, Then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living being. Now, I'm highlighting the first several verses of Genesis chapter number 2. Everybody shout, why? Why? 
I'll tell you why, because Adam is a single man. Mm -hmm. Eve don't come onto the scene until at the end of Genesis chapter number two. Everything that we see, God talking to him about the fruit, him naming the animals, Adam is doing all of these things as a single man. And from the genesis of Adam's life, the Bible declares that God breathed into his nostril and man becomes a living being. So not only does the breath of God initiate life, but the breath of God is going to sustain life. Can somebody say amen to that? Amen. And it's only when Adam started talking to somebody else, are y'all with me, when, when Adam disassociates himself from the presence of God does he winds up getting in trouble. If I'm going to connect with anybody in the future, I got to form a deeper relationship with God. Somebody shout right now. Right now. Any thoughts on that, sweetheart? Well, this is what I say. I say that um, we have to strengthen our relationship with God every day. Like, I can't be a good mother or have a good mother relationship if my relationship with God is off. I can't be a good wife. I can't be a good friend. I can't be a good anything if my relationship with God is off. And how do we do that? We must do it every single day. Like, when we get saved, that's just not... That's not the end of our relationship with God. It must go deeper. And pastor says all the time that if something isn't growing, it's dying. And if our relationship with God is not growing, then ultimately it's dying. If we aren't feeding into that relationship, if we aren't spending time with him, if we aren't spending time in his word, if we aren't spending time in prayer, if we aren't spending time listening to his voice, then our relationship with him is dying. And I want to say that the very love we have for others comes from God himself. The Bible says in 1 John 4 and 8, anyone who does not love, does not love, who does not love does not know God because God is love. So the Bible is telling us that if we don't know God, then we don't really know how to love people properly. And that's the problem. Because we aren't where we need to be in our relationship with God, then we can't love others properly. We can't be a good wife. We can't be a good mother. We can't be a good friend. We can't be a good coworker. And so if we do not love God first and foremost, then we truly cannot love other people properly. So this is what I want to say. With overflow in love, because his love overflows within us. So if his love overflows on the inside of us, then we have an overflow of love to give other people. If his love is lacking within us, then we don't have an overflow of love to give others. We must live and love out of the overflow of his love. Once, ha once um, one has a solid foundation with Christ, it can create a wellspring of godly love in future relationships, not just marital, and it should direct, God will direct our path in that way. That's good stuff. I, I like the idea, again, of loving other people out of the overflow. How many know it's, it's sometimes when you just need to go back up and just go pray? Mm -hmm. You just need to go spend some time with the Lord. You just mean, some of y'all children, if they were bold enough, they'd be like, Mom, I think it's time for you to pray. <laughs> Dad, you need to go fast and spend some time. Look at Aisha talking about amen. I ain't studying you. <laughs> I told Aisha this morning, I said, I kind of felt a little sad, baby. This is going to be our last Valentine's. I'm going to get you something. <laughs> and she was like, Dad, you don't have to stop. You don't, you don't have to. <laughs> Uh, let's, let's add some practicality on this idea of deepening your relationship. I'll just kind of spending time in the presence of God, asking him, what 
if I could focus on a particular idea when it comes to deepening, because for some people, okay, that, that means I'm going to pray more, I'm going to fast more, spend time in the presence of God, I'm going to go to church, all that, and all that's wonderful. But there's this one concept that I want you to grab today that I believe would be an extreme blessing to you, speaking to the idea of deepening your relationship with God. Here it is. Develop a grace-based relationship with God. Develop a grace-based relationship with God. So in this statement, I'm juxtaposing the idea of a works-based relationship. What is a works-based relationship? That means God loves me because I came to church. God loves me because I let my cousin them borrow money. God loves my uncle because he gave his favorite nephew, his namesake, $100 a day. Let him <laughs> use your uncle. <laughs> so many of us, and I can say this from a pastoral perspective, that there are many that have a works-based relationship with the Lord. So in essence, instead of, watch this, working because I'm saved, Oftentimes we work because we want to be saved or we're trying to be saved. Or when we mess up. Absolutely. When we mess up, we think that, oh, we can work our way out of it. Absolutely. No. As a pastor, it's times when I can tell when one of, especially one of my brothers have fallen because they become one of the most faithful brothers in the church. Pastor, you need anything? What can I do? I'm here, pastor. And what they're doing, I appreciate it and I don't take advantage of it. Maybe I should. Yeah, I got something for you to do. No. Oftentimes what they're trying to do is work themselves back into the grace of God. When the reality is God loves you just for you. Mm -hmm. The Bible declares while we were yet in sin, Christ died for us. Mm -hmm. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Okay, Amen. Pastor, where are you going with this? If you have a works-based relationship with God, your vertical relationship is going to mirror your horizontal relationships. That means everybody around you, you're going to develop a works-based relationship. That means you'll withhold your love until your children prove their works of love to you. You'll withhold your love from your spouse until they prove their love to you. And that's not how God treats you. Can somebody say amen to that? Amen. So, let's move on to number two. Don't wait until marriage to start living. Don't wait until marriage to start living. I, I, did, I did tell y'all, um, I think it was last week when I proposed to my wife with her sassy self, November 1st, was that 1999? 1999. 1999. After she finished crying, got herself together, and she said, I had already made up my mind. If you hadn't proposed to me by, by Christmas, I was going to Dallas. And I had made up my mind. And look at all this twinning you would have missed out on. <laughs> yeah. Deal with that, babe. Okay, Genesis 2 and 8 says, Now the Lord God had planted a garden in the east in Eden, and there he put the man he had formed. Can you go to the next one? Mm -hmm. And the Lord God commanded the man, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden. So I'm going to talk about freedom right now. Free. When you're a single person, you're free. You're free to do whatever it is that you want to do. You're free to travel. 
You're free to vacation. You're free to go to the movies. You're free to spend money on whatever you want to spend money on. A few years ago, I, 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 I was like ready to go somewhere. Like I needed a break, I was stressed out, and I was like, I'm going on a cruise in two weeks. And I asked all the ladies, who going with me? And a couple of the ladies went with me. Sister Evelyn was one of the ladies. Sister Evelyn didn't have a husband. So she didn't have to ask anybody, could she go on the cruise? She was free to go on the cruise because she didn't have that. I myself, although I was burnt out and stressed out, if he told me that I could not go on the cruise, then it would have been a very short-lived vacation because I could not go on the cruise. So when we're talking about not waiting until you're married to start living, I want to encourage the single people to live life now because there's going to be some things that you cannot do once you get married. There's going to be some sacrifices that you can no longer make for yourself once you get married because life is not just all about you anymore. This is what I want to tell the people that are single. Love yourself. Love yourself. Start living now. How can you live? By loving yourself. When you love yourself properly, then you actually know how other people should love you. The problem is that as single people, we don't love ourselves properly. And then because we don't love ourselves properly, we settle for any and everything that comes our way. You know, we have this mentality that it's better to have a piece of man than no man at all. The devil is absolutely a liar. I don't want a piece of nothing. I want all or nothing. I want all your check or none of your check. That, that wasn't in the notes, but... It ain't in the notes. It's in my heart. Because, see, I, don't, I need to know where the other piece going. Because if I'm only getting a piece of it, somebody else might be getting another piece, and we got a problem. It's all yours, baby. It's all yours. So my first point is you got to learn as a single person how to love yourself properly. And this is what we do. We go into marriage because we didn't learn how to love ourselves properly. And we go into marriages broken and hurting. And then the marriages don't last. It doesn't take a half a person plus a half a person to make a marriage. It takes a whole healed person and another whole healed person to make a marriage work. And can I be honest? I was broken when I got married. I wasn't a whole healed person. But by the grace of God, we were able to become whole and healed through a process of time. But everybody don't make it through that process of time. So if we can get it right on the other side, on the other end, and we can be whole and we can be healed, then we can have the marriages that God predestined for us to have before the foundations of the earth. So you got to learn how to love yourself so that you don't settle for somebody loving you any kind of way. Sister Fraxine, Deaconess Fraxine said it right the other day. <laughs> she did. She said it right. We got to learn how to love ourselves or we settle for anything. We let men or women do anything to us because we just want to be with somebody. The devil is a liar. Tyler Perry, I don't watch much of his stuff, but he had a movie that said, I can do bad by myself. The second thing I want to talk about is as a single person, your money is yours. You can do what you want to do with your money. You can go out to eat. You can buy clothes. You can buy hair. You can get your nails done. 
You can do whatever it is that you want to do with your money. You don't have to give an account to anybody. And so as single people, I'm telling you, you're giving somebody too much reign and too much rule if you ain't married to him and you letting him and you giving an account of everything. I'm going to talk about my son for a minute. He ain't watching no way. He's so lame. He's so lame. So when he was home for Christmas, we had some little discrepancies in time on our Life 360 app. And it was some time lapses in that mug. Because he was turning the Life 360 app off. So his daddy said, give me your phone, son, just before he left. And he added his location to my phone. And he had a little attitude. I wasn't even mad that he had the attitude. He had an attitude, but when his daddy looked in his phone, his girlfriend had his location. So then I had the attitude because you giving her too much leeway, too much reign, and too much responsibility as a girlfriend, and that's what happens. We giving too much time, too much of anything, and it don't belong to them. I said, why you got a problem with me who paying all your bills and giving you all your money? Having known where you are, but you ain't got to, well, she asked for it. Well, I asked for it too, and guess what? You better not take it off. Amen. Amen. I should have just let you preach. That's what I should have did. <laughs> I think you got it. No, he just like me to sit up here and look like Sarita. You can't say that. That's mean. I'm not being mean. I love Sarita. Genesis 2.19. I got one more point. Hold on. Let me go to this, and then you come back to that. Okay. <laughs> I want to highlight this. Now, the Lord God had formed out of the ground all the wild animals and all the birds in the sky. He brought them to the man to see what he would name them. And whatever the man called each living creature, that was its name. I see in this text, number one, the power of creativity. God gave him the lead way to speak. And there are too many singles, you sitting back waiting until marriage or waiting for a relationship before you open up your own creativity. There are businesses on the inside of you. You need to be starting right now. There's some education you need to begin right now. There's some traveling that some of y'all need to be doing right now. Can somebody say amen to that? Amen. The reality is if Eve was there, shoot, them names would have been mixed up. Nah, Adam, that ain't no giraffe. I don't like that. <laughs> it just don't even flow, giraffe. Name it something else. <laughs> so what? Adam would have been like, God, look, why you ain't wait? <laughs> Go ahead, dear. So the, my last point with don't wait until marriage to start living. I think back at some of my ancestors, some of my, my aunts and uncles, my great aunts and great uncles that are gone on. And I think about one of my aunts. She was the sweetest lady in the world. She really was. Ain't Ruby. She Absolutely. was the sweetest lady in the world. But she didn't learn how to do anything as a single woman. And my Uncle Mose preceded her in death. So as a single woman, she didn't know how to pay a bill. She didn't know how to go to the store. She never learned how to drive. She depended on him to do every single thing for her. 
So when she, when he passed on and she lived another 20-something years, she was crippled for the rest of her life because she thought that her worth was in a man and she thought that she had to wait till she was married to be complete or to start living when God had purpose in her life as a single woman that she never fulfilled. And so one thing I like here, especially it's at EMCC, and I like to see is I like to see single women buying houses. I like to see single women buying cars. I like to see single women doing those things. And the reason why I like to see it is because I've seen too many women stay in bad relationships because they feel like they can't do it on their own. Because they've never done it on their own because they've had always depended upon a man. Now, I do believe that the man is the head. Don't get me wrong. And I do believe that, um, that he takes care and he provides for me and my family. But on the flip side, if he lost his mind and went crazy or if he left this earth, I need to learn how to eat myself. I need to learn how to go out there and get it. And I don't have to wait to live and to do things until God blesses me with a man. Amen. So I was saying that a lot of times women stay in unhealthy, both physically and mentally relationships because they've waited on a man uh, to do things like buying a house, like buying a car, like doing anything. And they feel like they can't do it alone. The blessing of singleness comes with an abundance of time when married, one spouse often has to compromise in terms of ministerial calling. So the other thing is, when we're single, we have plenty of time to do what it is that God called us to do. When we're single, I really wish that I had devoted more of my saved time as a single woman. I was saved as a single woman, but it wasn't long because my eyes lusted for marriage. I was fascinated with marriage. I wanted a family, and because I did, I didn't enjoy my time as a single like I should have because I was longing for something that was meant for me, but it wasn't my priority right then. And so I missed out on being the single woman that God called me to be back in those days. And so... Um, with more time to dedicate to ministry, singles can use that nurturing, that same love. So what we have is a longing to nurture. What we have as women is a longing to fulfill and to nurture and to guide. What we need to do instead of trying to focus on spending it to do it for a man, we need to learn how to do it for God. We need to learn how to do it in the house of God. The Bible says that a single woman cares for the things of the Lord and how she may please him. But again, even when we're dating, we have to be careful because we're not spending time focusing, even still in the dating phase, we should be focusing on how we should please God. And in the dating phase, we're often trying to see how we can please that person, and we're out of order. That's good stuff. Point number three, don't settle. If it don't fit, don't force it. If it don't fit... Don't force it. Let me, let me share with you all the saddest counseling session I've ever had. This young lady, she was a part of the ministry years, years ago, and um, had been a part of the church maybe, maybe two or three months. And um, she called me and she says, Pastor, I'm getting married. <laughs> I said, well, okay. Congratulations, I think. Uh, 
will you perform the ceremony for me? And I said, okay, all right, when y'all get married? Next month. I said, well, how long y'all been dating? About a week. <laughs> and she said, hold, hold on, Pastor, I know it sounds strange, I know it sounds strange, but it was like love at first sight. <laughs> I think we knew each other in high school. No, uh-uh, not oh, this not one. That one. No. I'm thinking of another He just one. met this brother. He was smooth, too. So I said, well, let me at least sit down and talk with y'all, all right? Let me sit down and talk. And uh, I'm, I, tr I, I am pretty bold uh, when it comes to being on the platform. I say what God put in my heart unapologetically. I'm even more bold in person um, because I want to deal with some real issues. So I got past all the stuff that y'all just met, love at first sight, and I started dealing with stuff like how you, how you act when you get mad. How did you talk to your last girlfriend? There's any anger issues, any abuse in the past, all that kind of stuff I'm dealing with. And my man got mad in the middle of the session and stormed out, said he was done. <laughs> done. And I looked at that dear lady, and I said, you finna marry a half a man because he's not spiritually nor emotionally mature to handle this responsibility. That little lady looked at me and says, I know, Pastor, but a half a man is better than no man at all. After that, the counseling session was over. What more do I have to even bring to the table if you if you willing to settle? How many of y'all have ever had a half-baked cake? Come on. You know, somebody, ooh, you ought to try this, and it's like gooey in the middle. How many of y'all don't bake the? <laughs> I ain't going to put you out there. If it ain't right, walk away. And there are some of you all that, that, that have made commitments in the past, some of y'all, I'll give you a prime example. I, man, I absolutely love this girl. I was absolutely blown away. She put something in that, that pot roast, that um, strawberry, strawberry delight. delight. It was something in it. I called her mama. I told her mama, hey, I want to marry this girl. I called her daddy. I brought her down here to meet my family. But it was this one hurdle that we couldn't get past. And I thought that it would just smooth out. Because watch this, watch this. I thought giving her a ring would would bring her on in. In essence, I was kind of like the Leah that we talked about a couple of weeks ago. He was the major issue. My wife wouldn't join my church. <laughs> now, that's a problem, because I'm, I'm finna be the pastor of this, not this one, but my first church in Hattiesburg. I'm, they finna get ready to get this church to me in a couple of years, and how I'm gonna be the pastor, but you going somewhere else. Now, watch this. As much as I loved her and wanted to be with her, that was a non-negotiable. We, we can't get past this. Either we move on together or we got to go our separate ways. Was it going to be embarrassing had we broken up? Absolutely. Would I have to give an explanation to my dad, to my mom, my siblings, to my friends, everybody who, who wasn't on Facebook? Did we have MySpace then? No. We've been together a long time. None <laughs> we, of that was around. We've been together before MySpace. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> But you know what? Let the embarrassment go. Because if it don't fit, don't try to make something happen that God really ain't in. Are y'all with me in this place? I want to talk about making stuff fit. So as I was thinking and pray, praying about this and, and meditating over it, 
it made me think about one of the kids' toys, and I was looking for one in the back, and all the parts to it is gone. I saw the toy, but all the little parts to it was gone. And so when we force something, well, let me, let me just say this. Settling. Settling means letting go of things that are important to who you are. See, when we settle and we let go of things that are important, it might be important for me to have children. That might be, like, super important for me. But if I marry this man, I say, I'm going to settle. It was like on Grey's Anatomy. You remember? <laughs> it was. It was Dr. Yang and uh, what was his go. name? Jesus. And Owen. And she was like, I don't want no kids. And he was like, I want kids. Well, guess what? The marriage didn't work. Because he thought that he could change her mind once he married her. But her mind was already made up. Amen. And so settling means letting go of things that are important to who you are. So are you willing to let go of what you really want just to have somebody? It's what you believe and how you would like to be treated and loved. When you settle, you forget about what you want out of life. How you want to be treated. Oh, I want him. I've heard people say, I want a man just like Pastor. Then you go get this thug who look like, he, I'm scared to look at his picture. Because his picture make me look like he want to fight. Let me, let me pause for a second. And we are talking to singles, not you married for Every single person, look at a married person and tell them it's too late. It's too late. You stuck. You stuck. <laughs> Cause don't, no married couples walk out of here talking about some pastor then told us not to settle, so we just can't get together. <laughs> nah, nah, that ain't what we saying. You're going to have to go through counseling, some marital enrichment programs. You're going to have yep. to work through that. Amen. We only got a few talking, spots left. <laughs> right. I'm talking to that single man, that single woman that is approaching a relationship, possibly approaching marriage, and you see some red flags. Red flag. On that same note, let me, let, me, let me speak to this settling deal because this is what often happens, and I see it time and time again, and every time somebody starts dating or liking each other or whatever, I tell them the same thing. Date in open. Date publicly. Bring him, bring her around your family and around your friends, and I promise you it's a problem every single time when they don't want to be around your family and friends. Mm -hmm. That is a problem. And the reason that you want them around your family and friends, watch this, watch this, because mom and them going to see something you can't see. You in love. Your nose wide open. Come on. And don't think just because somebody highlights something about her or highlights something about him that they always picking on you. There are times when you're blind because you're in the relationship. You got an amen back there. Yeah. So we settle when we start compromising ourselves and our own needs. And then I looked up what it means to force. When you force something, you make it happen. It's not God, but you make it happen. And, and a lot of times we force a lot of things. We force and we go get this car and we know it ain't God. Or we go and we get this man or this woman or we go buy this house or whatever it is that we force in trying to make it happen when we know it's not God. And so I started thinking about those little toys. You know, the toy where it has the star in the circle, in the square, in the triangle. And a little baby child who don't have no more sense than what they have, they're learning their motor skills. I mean, they took taking that star and they trying to push it through that circle hole. And what's happening? They beating up the bottom of the star. You know how they have all them little scratches on them? 
I couldn't find the stars and the circles. I found the toy back then, couldn't find them. I'm sure wherever they are, in the trash or wherever in the dump pile, they are beat up. And so that's what happens when we try to force relationships that are not destiny relationships. We end up beat, we end up abused, we end up manipulated because we're trying to force something that does not fit. And this is what I want to say. We think we can change people. That's what we're doing when we're forcing it. We're thinking we can change people. But I'm telling you now, we can't change nobody but ourselves. If God doesn't force somebody to do something, then surely we can't. We cannot force somebody. The only person, the only change occurs when someone else's choices and their own will. So they only are going to change based on what they want and their own personal will. God's not even going to force it. We can pray all day long for God to make them do something, and God is still not going to do it. It's got to be them. Amen to that. Let me give you some um, scriptural context. Again, in Genesis chapter 2, the, verse, the first several verses is the life of Adam as a single man. And the Bible picks up in verse number 18. The Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. I will, I will make a helper suitable for him. Um, for those of you all who have a desire, single, have a desire to get married or pursuing marriage, God is more dedicated to your relationship than you are. Mm-hmm. I, too, too many singles, in my opinion, don't believe that. So they got to they gotta get in their flesh and make things happen and help God alone because God surely is taking a long time. <laughs> when, look, look, at, look, at, look at 18, put that back on the screen. The Bible declares, God says, I will make a helper suitable for him. So the rest of the text, we'll read it later. God's going to put Adam to sleep while he is making Eve. Now, what if Adam woke up in the middle of the process before God was done? Now, real talk, because I, I, when, when did I meet you? How, how old was I, babe? Like 20. 20. 19. 19. Mm-hmm. I was young and fly. <laughs> I wouldn't say that. <laughs> what, the young or the fly part? He done glowed up since he met me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. All he knew how to wear back then was church clothes. Yeah. So real Julian though with my church clothes on. But as Deaconess Fraxine told us the other day, I raised him right. <laughs> oh my God. You had to be here Thursday night for men and women's Bible study to understand that one. Uh, Deaconess Fraxine, we're going to invite you to the uh, marriage conference. <laughs> Girl, you got wisdom. <laughs> Who raised you? All right. So, look, God says I'm going to make you a suitable helper. Now, that's good because when I didn't realize, this is so powerful, God was working on me and he was working on her at the same time. Before I met her, I'll never forget Robert Johnson, who will be here for the marriage conference, and then he'll be here, I think, the first week during the, uh, the, the anniversary, anniversary. Mm-hmm. celebration. He challenged all the brothers in our, in our um, campus Bible study to start praying for our, our spouses. He said, pray for your wife. You don't know who she is. You don't know if she's saved or not. God knows where she is, what type of trouble she's in. I want you to start praying for her. Now, 
And so me and the brothers, we took this serious. We started praying for our wives. Don't know who they are, but God bless them, touch them, deliver them, save them, heal them. Whatever needs to be done, do it. What's crazy is around the same time I started praying for her, that's when she got saved. Mm -hmm. So not only was God doing something on, on the inside of me during that time, he was also doing something on the inside of her. Now, when I first met her, watch this. Although this was my wife, this was my wife-to-be. I didn't know it and she didn't know it. Y'all remember the first time we met, what she said, right? Mm -hmm. my, buddy, my buddy, we were at freshman orientation, and she walked up and she said, so what y'all doing here? And uh, Greg Dawsey said, um, freshman orientation for the new incoming, you know, uh, students, and she, she looked at both of us and she said, mmm, fresh men. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't saved yet. <laughs> Guess what? Although this was the, my wife-to-be, we weren't ready, because I was thinking about Jesus, not fresh women. <laughs> so God did a work on the inside of me, and he was doing a work on the inside of her. Let's look at verse number 19. Now the Lord God had formed out of the ground all the wild animals. Everybody shout, wild animals. Wild animals. Say it again, wild animals. Wild animals. All the wild animals and all the birds in the sky, he brought them to the man to see what he would name them. And whatever the man called each living creature, that was its name. Twenty. So the man gave names to all the livestock, the birds in the sky, all the wild animals. But for Adam... No suitable helper was found. Now look, look at the, the, the phrase. Look, look at the, the wording here. It wasn't that nothing was found. Nothing suitable was found. And if there's nothing suitable to be found, it's only one thing to do. Wait on God. Mm -hmm. Wait on God. And if you're a single man and you're a single woman and you long to be married, you desire to be married, that's okay, that's great. But at the end of the day, if what's suitable for me is not here, and I got to compromise my spirituality, my integrity, compromise my character, if it's not suitable, I'd rather wait on God than to get involved with some crazy giraffe. Come on, somebody wind up living a complicated life because I don't connect it with something that God never meant for me to be with. Can the church say amen to that? Amen. If it don't fit, don't force. Y'all do know that was a song, right? My wife, she she started dancing in the bed. I'm like, baby, can we study? That's because he don't know no songs. And he think I'd be making stuff up. And I'm like, oh, that was a song. So he goes to Google it and he plays it. He was like, oh, it really was a song. He think I'd be making stuff up, but it don't. Well, I grew up in a saved household. I didn't grow up in a heathen household. <laughs> don't nobody know that song? Did anybody so hear that know hey, that song? It's a bunch of songs I don't know yet now. Look, so I'm, I'm telling my age, <laughs> who know that song? It's like all of the older people know that song. Yeah. Don't none of them 20s and 30s know that song. I'm yeah. knocking on 50. You don't know that song, Sister Connie? Oh, it's two songs. Yeah, Google it. She know it. Line. Deacons get her. <laughs> Which one y'all know? Which one y'all thinking of? If it don't fit, See, I knew you don't force do that. it. I really Relax did. and let it flow. Don't oh, rock oh, the my boat. Goodness. <laughs> my sister here joking. Baby, we in the church. We in don't the church. Don't rock that boat, baby. <laughs> oh my goodness. All right. 
Let's go to number four. Respect marriage, but don't worship it. Respect it as a single. You don't worship it, though. You want to speak to that, sweetie? Yes. Well, so many things that I can say. One thing, just looking at the title, Respect Marriage But Don't Worship It, and I said that I so had a desire when I was 21, 22, I was a single mom. Uh, I so had a desire to, to be married that, that I did worship it. I idolized it. I looked at television shows where it looked like they had the perfect family and the perfect marriage, and that's what I longed for. Instead of waiting and allowing God's timing, I, I, I so long for that that I could not enjoy the season of singleness. So there's one thing that we came up with that we wanted to say when it comes to respecting marriage, and that is, number one, don't date a married man. Or a married woman. Or a married woman. Honor the sanctity of marriage. I want to share a testimony with you. Some of you may know, some of you may not know. But the last relationship that I was in before pastor was actually with a married man. It was with an actual married pastor in my church. He was one of the pastors in my church where I got saved. And so um, in my mind, I rationalized the relationship as being okay because him and his wife were separated. They lived in two different states. He was in Mississippi and she was in the Carolinas. And Charlotte knows because we were at the same church. And she was friends with all of us. And so in that relationship, I rationalized it in my mind as being okay because they were separated and they were going to get a divorce. Well, in my story, um, after being involved with him for a year, the divorce never took place. After almost committing suicide, after almost losing my mind and having a nervous breakdown, his wife decides that she wants to move back to Mississippi. We all in the same church. We going to Bible study together. We going to church together. And I'll never forget at the church anniversary picnic, I was standing in line and I was fixing my plate. And she walked up behind me and she purposely, she bumped into me. And she said, excuse me, I need to go fix my husband's plate. Now, see, y'all forgetting that I'm telling this story post-salvation. I was saved. I loved the Lord. I was singing in the choir. I was driving a church van. I was teaching Sunday school. I was active. When the van went to Milwaukee, I drove it. And I love God. I was at Bible study, prayer meeting. I was at everything. But I was caught up in an adulterous relationship. And in my mind, I was making it okay. When in actuality, it was never okay. Now, let me say this, too. Nobody but one, maybe a couple people corrected me in love. And this is what we got to do. We, we're so busy talking about people and, 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 and acting like we've arrived that, that we cannot help correct people in love. Instead of somebody coming to me and talking to me and telling me that I was worth more than that, they were sending me letters and leaving nasty notes on my car during church. So instead of them being in church and getting the word, they was outside leaving notes on my car. 
And it wasn't until somebody came to my house, another one of the associate pastors came to my house one night and he said, can I talk to you? He said, I want to tell you that God loves you more than that. Because in my mind, I was settling. She was back, she was there, but whatever moments I could get with him, I would take them. So if where we were spending almost every day together, if I couldn't get but two or three hours a week, I was satisfied with the two or three hours a week. And I'm telling you today, single women, you don't have to settle. You don't have to settle for a half a man. You don't have to settle for a piece of man. You don't have to settle for a man that you got to take care of for the rest of your life. Now, what I'm going to say about that is, and I had a motto when I was single. And it was my motto. What was that motto? I, I don't forgot know. it. It's been so long. Oh, know. yeah. You got to have a J-O-B. If you want to be with me. Was that a song, to, too, or you made that one That was one a up? song. <laughs> oh, snap. Pop, you sheltered me, man. <laughs> I grew up in the secular household. My daddy <laughs> listened to music all the time. On Saturdays, that's what we did. We cleaned up, and we listened to music. And so I just want to tell you, you don't have to settle. You don't have to settle for anything. Point blank, period. Amen? Let me, um, let me touch on that. Okay. I, I just want to highlight the respecting part, um, and this goes for both singles and married. Uh, be careful how you interact with your friend's spouse. Be careful. Be careful. Couple of things. Um, there are times when you're crossing the line and you're trying to blame your friend's insecurity, and you just need to back off. If your friend feel in any kind of way with the way you're interacting with their spouse, you just need to, you, you don't need to be the one that bring division in that marriage because at the end of the day, God gonna get you and not them. In addition to that, and this is real, as a single or individual, as a married individual, excuse me, as a single or married person, if you are feeling a silly attraction and I call them silly attractions because they develop. That could be just an offense. There's, there's something that both of you guys like together, and, and you're feeling something form, whether it's on their part or your part. The wisdom is starve the attraction. Don't feed into it. Back up. Give it some space. Let it die. And once it dies, then you can come back together and move on. But if it's there, you're going to mess up that marriage. You're going to mess, watch this, you're going to sow seeds into your own future relationship that you're going to have to reap, and it's going to affect you. Can somebody say amen to that? So respect marriage by respecting your friend's marriage and marriage in general. Marriage is God's idea. He says the bed is holy, it is honorable, and, but every adulterer, adulterer they're going to be judged. Can somebody say amen to that? Anything you want to add on that, Beth? Yeah, well, I wrote down in respecting marriage and our friends, husbands, or marriage in general, I just kind of wanted to talk to the ladies for a second. Now, ladies, you do know that unlike us, we're attracted by emotions. We're attracted by how somebody treats us and what they say to us. You know how they whisper sweet nothings in our ear? Well, my husband seems to think that I'm attracted by looks, but I really am not. 
So I can I ain't got to work out no more. I mean, I love you all this no matter what. Even if you got this right, Uncle Steve. He got your name. If he get this right here too, I'm still going to love him. Ain't that right, ain't he? So but what I was you messing me up. <laughs> you messed yourself up. Okay, so we're not necessarily Oh, I know what I was going to say. So my husband thinks that I be staring at men. I'm going to go ahead and put it out there for the whole world. Yeah. Okay, let's let's frame let's frame this thing. Let's frame this. <laughs> Expand that camera out. Expand that camera out. <laughs> yeah. So I had I had to talk about this chat. I had to talk about this. So look, we on the we on the cruise enjoying ourselves. And so I'm sitting like this and my wife looking that way. And I walk and this dude walk in with this big old chest. I'm talking about no shirt on, just <laughs> and so I see my wife eyes do this. She looked down. She went back up. I said, hold up now. Hold, hold up. Hold up. What we staring at that man for? What we staring at that man? And then she lied and said, I ain't seen that man. You lied. You lied. Oh, you seen that man. I was not staring at that man. You I said you ain't seen that. him. You said you didn't see him. He's still mad about that. That cruise probably was 10 years ago. <laughs> God healing me. He working on me. <laughs> So I really wasn't staring at the man. You see him, though. But I ain't blind. I yeah. can see. Oh, okay. So, you know, like, I looked and I saw the man. And the reason why I looked down, because I ain't want him to think I was staring at the man. So, I mean, it was really an awkward situation. So it was either keep my head down and look awkward, or it was like peep back up and see if the man gone. Look awkward. <laughs> look awkward. Every brother look at your wife and say, look awkward. <laughs> I mean, real talk, real talk. This just, hey, y'all need to bring that camera out, okay? Real talk. Brothers. Brothers, let me hear you say, yeah. yeah. You know if a sister looking at you. <laughs> y'all gonna get quiet, like, uh, <laughs> what happened to you? Yeah. <laughs> you walking in the mall, and you know when a sister looking at you. In my mind, you looking at that brother like sisters be looking at me? What they at? I mean, come on. Hey, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying that somebody was looking at me. <laughs> so I said that to say this. Unlike men... We're, we're normally attracted by emotions, how people treat us, what they say, what they do for us. But men are turned on by sight. Point blank, period. So with that being said, as women, we need to be careful when it comes to what we're wearing around our friends' husbands, around our pastor, just around men in general. Now, I said that because sometimes when this is taught on, it's frowned upon, and a lot of people will say, well, they ain't got no business looking. But they got eyes, just like I can see that man up in there with all them tattoos and muscles and stuff. Oh, yeah, uh-huh. Yeah. Brothers, let me hear you say, look awkward. <laughs> look awkward. 
Now and let me let me let me j jump in there. So so, um, um, and I think that's that's great. That's great because ladies oftentimes, and not saying ladies aren't turned on by sight because evidently, you know, you look twice. <laughs> I told y'all I was trying <laughs> I was to see saying. if the man was gone. So, um, but often men are the ones who have the visual when we're turned on by what we see. This is what I want EMCC to be. I want it to be a safe place for struggling brothers. Is every brother gonna struggle that come in here? No, but if I'm struggling, because shoot, when you go to Walmart, doggone it, Walmart, come on. I gotta go in and go out, because there's too much flesh everywhere. Y'all look at me crazy all you want. When I come to the house of God, this should be a safe place where I'm interacting with my sister. Fun, funny story, funny story. We, this, we was at the South location, and, <laughs> and this, we had a prayer line. It was powerful, too. God was moving. I'm talking about he was moving. And this lady came to me, and she said, Pastor, I just need you to pray for me. <laughs> and, you know, I'm in the spirit. I'm like, I'm finna deal with it. I'm finna deal with it. And uh, she was short, and she had all this open. But I ain't really noticed this. <laughs> Until I said, Father, and I said, oh. <laughs> My wife was there. I said, baby, pray for her. Pray, pray, pray. <laughs> Ain't no need of me playing with myself. You pray for her. Yeah. Everybody shout, this should be a safe place. It should be a safe place. And if, so you get, if you look in the mirror, sister, you be like, ooh, you sure cute today. Don't wear that to church. I think I'm cute today. I'm going to stand up on that you one. you I think I'm cute today, and I think we can be cute, but we can be covered. We don't have to show everything. I'm going to go to my favorite scripture. If you've been here any length of time, you already know what it is. You already know that the Bible says that a woman's breasts ought to satisfy her own husband. That means your breasts shouldn't satisfy my husband, so cover them up. That means my breast shouldn't satisfy your husband, so I'm going to cover them up. Amen? Amen. And, 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 I, I, and I, I take real issue when a man allows his woman to dress loosely and show all his stuff off. Because to me, that says you got some issues that you might need delivering in. Because if you want everybody to see all your goods, you might have some lust problems that you need to come get some help with. So let me speak to that. And, and yes, babe, you look very nice and you look nice every day. So don't say we can't look cute. H however. Okay, so I'm a, my no, no, leather no, pants. Let me, let me okay, and I'm going to come back to my leather pants. <laughs> so she got clothes that I have declared they are date night clothes only. So, like, you finna go to the store, what you, in that, for real? <laughs> you ain't wearing that to the store. That's date night clothes only. Amen. Not church clothes. Amen. And we still debating about these leather pants. Them date night pants. The only reason why I wore them, because I went to that conference a couple weeks ago, and it was called Cute, Called, and Classy. Any brothers was there? It wasn't men. It was all women. Oh. And so I wanted to be showing that I was cute, called, and classy. So when I came home, he hadn't seen me in the leather pants because I spent the night the night before. 
So when I came home, he was like, you went to church in them pants? Well, I was like, it really wasn't church. It was a women's conference. It was like 500 women there. And even still with that, I had on a shirt that had a tail that covered my tail. <laughs> I appreciate that. I'm going to be honest with you. That's why so many of her clothes be disappearing. She be like, Craig, you seen this? I ain't seen that in weeks. <laughs> yeah, he be hiding me and my children's clothes. Yeah, I love you too. What else you got, babe? That's all I got. Genesis 2.21, so the Lord caused the man to fall into a deep sleep, and while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs and then closed up the place with flesh, 22. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib he had taken out of the man, and he brought her to the man. The man said, look at this. This is now bone of my bones, flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, man with a womb, for she was taken out of man. What you see in verse number 23, you see a healthy respect for marriage, but not worship. Chapter number three, those roles reverse, where Adam now puts his marriage above his God. But in chapter number two, it's the right, it's the right proportion. I respect marriage, but I'm not gonna exalt, I'm not gonna compromise my integrity, my time with God, my relationship with God for it. I respect it, but I'm not gonna worship. Did you guys enjoy this on today? Come on, let's bless the Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. So wonderful. I want to pray. I want to pray. I want to pray. I want to pray. Come join me, sweetheart. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, God. Here's my heart's desire. My heart's desire is to have a healthy house. Healthy house, whether you're married or single. If you're married, I want you, I don't want your marriage just to survive. <laughs> I want it to thrive. Paul, he equates marriage as the mystery of Christ and his bride. So in essence, our marriage should actually be a testimony to the rest of the world that this is what the relationship with Christ and the church looks like by looking at our marriages. So it's not enough just that they exist, that we hadn't fallen into that 40 to 50% divorce rate that I, that's floating around. By the same token, not only the marriages, man, singles as well. If you're in this place and you're one of those individuals where you're saying, I'm single now, but I'm, I know I'm not going to be single always. Or maybe you're in here and you're saying, I'm single and I'm good for the rest of my days, just like this. Either way, you're not just surviving. I want to make sure that you're thriving, that you're a whole person, not a half person trying to connect with another half, but you are whole within yourself.